Today's scripture reading is Proverbs 4, verses 1 through 27. It's on page 297 in the Bibles, which are at your seats. And if you don't have a Bible at home, you're welcome to take one of the ones at your seat home. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching, for I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction, do not let it go. Guard it well, for it's your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it, do not travel on it. Turn away from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. The word of the Lord. Let me say a prayer for us, then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that you've brought here and for the wonderful worship, uh, the, the music, the, the voices. Um, we love you, and we want to make this time about you and your word and hearing from you and uh, following after you, uh, putting your your word into into practice in our lives. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my college pastor. I had a college pastor. His name was Andrew Davies. Uh, And Andrew took an interest in my spiritual growth. Maybe some of you have had that, an individual that came along and said, I want to help mentor you, disciple you. I want to grow in your walk with the Lord. And he did this a variety of ways. Uh, 
I think we met over a meal a couple times. Uh, we did a, uh, like a Bible study, me and a couple other college students with him. Uh, there was a, uh, like a weekly time of worship that I would go to that he would help lead. Um, he would just get together with me and, and listen to me, hear my concerns, pray with me, uh, study God's word. Uh, and then he, I went on a missions trip with him to Chinle, Arizona. That was pretty cool. Uh, it was, I don't know why you're laughing, uh, Bernie, but uh, it's a good place to go. Uh, they need the gospel. They need to hear about Jesus. Uh, <laughs> he also paid for a uh, plane ticket for me to go to a Christian conference in Seattle. Uh, just someone, uh, pay for your plane ticket. I hadn't had that before outside of like my parents, I guess. Uh, uh, but it was cool. He, he, he invested in me his time, his money, his energy, uh, uh, his passion for God, his love for God. He mentored me. And he's one of those figures that I would call in my life a spiritual father. He's a, he was one of my spiritual fathers uh, who has helped me uh, grow in my walk with the Lord, helped me grow in my faith uh, in Jesus Christ. And so we can kind of call all of this discipleship. Today's sermon is the wisdom of discipleship. And what he did was discipleship in my life. Now, if you could have that, if you could have someone come alongside you and intentionally pray for you and, and talk about the word with you and walk with you through life, encouraging you, would you want that? Would you want someone who, maybe they're not older than you, or you know, maybe they're more mature in the faith, and I don't mean like they're above you, but like, uh, if, if, the, if our faith is like a long line, they're a little further down the line than you, and they're just saying, hey, I've walked this path before, come with me. Here's a few things that I've learned. But if you could have someone like that, would you want that? Would you want someone to disciple you, to mentor you, to, to pour into you? This is discipleship. Today in Proverbs chapter 4, we meet a spiritual father. We see an example of discipleship. Now we also meet a biological father. (laughs) The biological father happens to be the spiritual father. But a biological father isn't always the spiritual father. You can have a spiritual father. You can have a spiritual mother. A woman who is more mature in the faith who is guiding you along for our ladies. And so in Proverbs, we actually, uh, we find uh, a biological father who's a spiritual father who is pouring into his son. He's discipling his son. He's leading his son along this path, along this journey, trying to, to encourage him to keep walking, keep going. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 say this. You can follow along in your Bibles. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. So what we see here is a pattern. So discipleship is this pattern of, of, of one person who knows and loves God, pouring God's word and, and prayers and life into someone else. And then that person pours it into another person. They kind of keep, keep multiplying, keep pouring out. And somehow, as you pour, God fills you up. And so we see this in this passage uh, with a father who was also a son at one point. He was a son before he now became a father and now is speaking the words of wisdom, but he received words of wisdom from his father. 
So we see a father, we see a grandfather, a father, and a son. Three generations of discipleship in this passage in Proverbs chapter 3. Now, the father here is urging his sons to walk in God's wisdom. We've been talking about what wisdom is. It's kind of one of those words that, like, you think you know what it is, and you're like, what actually is wisdom? Well, it's, it's listening and understanding God's word, God's words, the scripture, and then it's walking in his ways. It's obeying him. It's following along. So it's following God's words and ways. It's, it, it, it kind of transfers into this, this skill, the skill for living according to God's plan instead of living according to my own plan, living according to the ways that I want to live, living God's ways. That's what wisdom is, a life of obedience to God. Now, I want to ask you a question. So I've been talking a little bit about a spiritual father, spiritual mother, discipleship. If you could have that, would you want that? I don't mean this like theoretically. I don't mean it theoretically. I want us to each think about that. If you could have someone come along and pour into you, would you accept that? Would you have time for it? Would you make the time for it? Pray about it this week. Think about it. Think it over. Begin to mull that over. If you could have someone intentionally invest in you, would you say yes or would you say no? Pray about it. And if, if you feel like, yes, this is something I want, please come talk to me. I would love to get you connected with someone that can do that for you, whether inside this church or outside of it. And if someone pops into your mind of like, there's a person that I want to disciple me. I, I like them. I know them. Uh, they seem to be further along in, along in their walk with God. Approach them. Go up to them and ask them, hey, would you disciple me? Would you meet regularly with me to pray and study God's word and just walk through life? See, we all need discipleship. We all need a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. And that brings me to our first uh, verse, kind of uh, first point, wrapping up the kind of uh, giving, a, giving an overview of the first nine uh, verses. We all need a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. Now, our, our pattern in Proverbs, if you were to go back and look at the different chapters, the beginning of chapter 2, uh, the beginning of chapter 3, the father in the book of Proverbs is always writing to his son. Now, remember, the author of the book of Proverbs is a man named Solomon, one of the most famous kings of Israel, and he, he kind of creates this father figure. Maybe it's him, maybe it's someone else, and a, and a son that he's pouring into. But in chapter 4, it says, listen, my sons, plural. Now, Perhaps we shouldn't make too much of this, right? You can find theology under every rock, and we don't want to do that here. Uh, but I do think it's fair to say that he's expecting wisdom, his teaching, to multiply, to, to go from one and go to more than one, to go to many. Maybe that he has more than one son. Maybe he, he expects his son to pass on the wisdom that he gives him to his sons. The idea is that wisdom multiplies. Discipleship is a, is, a, is a tool of multiplication. So the things that he says should go from, from his father to him to his son to his sons to his sons. And obviously this means sons and daughters too. This isn't just about men. This is about men and women, boys and girls, everyone learning the word of God. Everyone learning to live according to God's ways and not our own ways. And so a spiritual father or a spiritual mother can have lots and lots of spiritual children, anyone that God calls them to pour into and disciple. Now, uh, 
I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be a disciple maker, but before I do that, I also don't want to ignore that there is like this, this family mandate that we're encountering here in Proverbs. There is this call for uh, families, biological families, adopted, uh, family unit, whatever that is, for the parents, the father and the mother, to be intentionally pouring into their children first. And so this is what I call a family mandate for dads and moms. Remember chapter 1? So if we go back to chapter 1, verse 8, it said, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Right? So we, we each need a, a spiritual father. We each need a spiritual mother. And Lord willing, the God gives us to those with our actual biological parents. And this isn't true for everyone. Um, but if you are a parent and you know the Lord, then it's up to you that you're supposed to be discipling your children in the words of God and the ways of God. Uh, in January, the elders and myself, we, we introduced this thing called a discipleship pathway. And it's on the website if you want to learn more about it. But one little component of the discipleship pathway, and it's, it's like a structure for how we can all intentionally be growing in our faith. One, one component of it is encouraging everyone in the church to have times of prayer and Bible study. And that's great. We all need to be praying and studying God's word. But then there's like these parentheses under it. It says personal and family personal and family. So it's not just I do this by myself or if I do it, then I'm good to go. It's how can we as parents be discipling and pouring into our kids and teaching them the scriptures. And so this is a call to us in Proverbs chapter 4 for us as parents, as fathers, as mothers, as dads and moms to be, to be pouring into our kids. And if you're not a dad or mom yet, that doesn't mean you can't begin to think about what would it look like for me to, uh, to, be, uh, to be praying for my kids and teaching them the Bible when the Lord gives me those. And if you're a kid and your parents aren't doing this, <laughs> you can say, hey, <laughs> teach me God's words. Teach me God's ways. You can get on them. Our children's ministry team put together this great kind of um, mission for what they want to see out of children's ministry. And this falls, like, it, it comes from the scripture. Now, they didn't quote Proverbs chapter 4 when they put this together, but I think it, it clearly uh, is based and rooted in scripture and, and passages like Proverbs 4. So I, I want to read it to you. It's up on the screen. The children's ministry of Cornerstone Congregational Church is tasked with coming alongside parents and families as they strive to raise, teach, and disciple the, child, the children God has graciously given them. Our church feels the weighty responsibility of supporting families, teaching truth, and providing opportunities for children and families to serve in our congregation and community. I love this. What this means is that our children's ministry team recognizes that the first person God has called to disciple your children are you. <laughs> Now, God may have also called your youth leader on a Thursday night Bible study or the pastor or a Sunday school teacher or, or other individuals, but first and foremost, God has called parents to disciple their kids. And so we want to take that call seriously. We want to we pray that the Lord would reward that when we, when we do that, when we pour into our children uh, we want to pray that they one day would pour into their kids. Verses 4 and 5 say this. Then he, 
So this is the, the father. He's talking about his own father, so the grandfather. Then he, my father, taught me and said to me, so now he's quoting the father. The, the father's quoting his father. Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. The father is quoting his father. He's just sharing the wisdom that he has been taught. He didn't invent this wisdom. <laughs> if you're a mom or dad, you don't have to invent new wisdom for your kids. You just got to share God's wisdom with them. God's words, God's ways. See, the person we naturally copy in our lives, even if we sometimes don't intentionally do it, is our parents. We walk like them and talk like them. We look like them. And so as we, as parents, think about that, that should strike the fear of the Lord in our hearts. What do we want our kids to become like? And that strikes fear in my heart as I think about my son. And so every day we have a decision to make. How am I going to model this? How am I going to walk in God's word? How am I going to walk in God's ways? Because what we don't want, we don't want to say, child, son, daughter, do this but I'm not going to do this. <laughs> do as I say, but not as I do. We don't want that. We want to actively teach. We want to actively pass on God's ways, God's words. Verses 6 through 9 say this. Do not forsake wisdom. So he's still quoting his father. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. The message the father is giving his child is, is pretty simple. If you walk in my words, which are God's words, God is like speaking through him. If you walk in my words in God's ways, then there's going to be natural benefits to your life. This is true for every son and every daughter. If we walk our lives according to God's ways, God will reward us. Now, this doesn't mean like a, a guaranteed promise, like I'll get riches, I'll get wealth. No, it's not meaning that at all. But it is saying that there are like natural benefits of living a life of wisdom. Now, uh, I think uh, as we think about Proverbs, many of us are parents, and maybe you've, uh, you've been faithful to Proverbs. You have lived out this, you have passed along God's word, you have passed along God's ways to your children, and your children have decided, you know what, I'm going to choose a different path. I'm going to choose a different way. Well, you've done your part. You've lived up to the responsibility that God has called you to. And so we want to recognize that you've been faithful. Now what we do is just pray and keep looking for opportunities to share the wisdom that God has given us. What about of those of us who don't have Christian parents? Or your parents are gone, or, or they they're just won't do this in your life? Well, God can provide a spiritual parent. God can provide a spiritual mother, a spiritual father, who wants to pour into you. Maybe you can even get connected with, uh, with uh, someone here in this church that is looking for more spiritual sons and spiritual daughters to pour into. God can raise up spiritual parents for anyone. Now, if you think about the New Testament, uh, we see an example of this in the Apostle Paul's relationship with Timothy. So 
The Apostle Paul was one of these great church leaders. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5, uh, uh, we see uh, kind of Paul saying this. He says, Then you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will be also be qualified to teach others. Now, Timothy had a Christian mother and he had a Christian grandmother. So he had the biological parents that poured into him. But Timothy also needed a spiritual father. And he got that in the Apostle Paul, which is pretty cool. I don't know if I would want that, though. That could be a, that could be a bit much. Uh, but Paul disciples Timothy. He pours into him. And then he calls Timothy to what? To pour into his church. Teach what I have taught you to, to many others, to these reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. And so I think we should ask ourselves, like, who's my Paul? Who's your Paul? Who's the person that's pouring into you? We all need a Paul, no matter what stage of life we are in. They don't necessarily have to be older than you. Who can be pouring into you? Maybe you're both just at the same point in your walk with God. That's fine. But you still need someone that's pouring into you. Who's your Paul, but who's your Timothy? <laughs> who are you pouring into? Who are you seeking to, to raise up and to teach the scriptures? I think we're all called to have a Paul and a Timothy in our lives. We all need a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. A couple weeks ago in June, uh, we went to Habitat for Humanity. We did this Habitat for Humanity uh, build uh, in Billerica. Uh, actually, no, it was in Lowell. Uh, but Bill from Billerica was our like, general manager of the construction site. So he was kind of overseeing it. That's why I can remember his name, Bill from Billerica. Uh, he oversaw our job that day, and he had lots and lots of construction experience. And I have like zero construction experience. Uh, but when I showed up and when our group showed up, he was, it didn't matter how much experience you had because he was ready to teach you and ready to train you. Uh, and he, he gave the group this opportunity to drill a hole uh, for a sump pump in the basement. I was like, man, when do I get the opportunity to drill a sump pump uh, without it actually being my house? And so I jumped at the opportunity uh, and he showed me how to do it. And he took me down to the basement and he showed me the, kind of the hole that they had drilled out and I got to drill around it a little bit more and, and dig out this hole. And so he, he showed me how to do it, and then he left me to do it, and then I did it for a couple hours. And then uh, after lunch, Jared, uh, he's our old Cornerstone intern, uh, he came down and wanted to help me. And so then I just showed him everything that Bill had shown me. And I just felt like the expert. I was like, yeah, this is how you drill a hole for a sump pump. And then he took it over, and I watched him do it, and then he did it. That's what discipleship is. It's just teaching, like you just, you see, you, you give it a try, you do it, then you help the next person. And we can do this with our walk. We don't have to make it some big, complicated thing. You do not have to have a master of divinity or any sort of other biblical degree in order to pour into others, to learn God's words and God's ways and just begin to share that with the next person. I, I, I was discipled by Andrew Davies and by other men, my, my biological father too, and then now I get the opportunity to pour into others. I'm discipling Jeremy and Caleb and Henry. That's your shout out, guys. <laughs> I asked them beforehand. So it's like this multiplication, right? Andrew pours into me. I pour into others. Who are you guys pouring into? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
right? But that's the challenge. Maybe it's not today, but one day, may this generation pour into the next. I drilled down into cement flooring, and I, I know sometimes the human heart can be even harder than cement flooring. This is not an easy thing. This is not a, a clean task. Discipleship is messy. Like church ministry, when it's effective, when we're pouring into people, is just going to get messy. And we need to be okay with that. We need to accept that and go with that and be excited about what God can do when the debris is flying. Discipleship is the call that we're all called to. So why is this important? Yeah, we need a spiritual father. We need a spiritual mother. But why does this matter? I've already been kind of saying it as we go along. We all need a spiritual father or spiritual mother to help us find the way of wisdom. Now, in the book of Proverbs, one of the ways that you can look at the text uh, and one of the ways that you just see like this, this choice all the way throughout the book of Proverbs, you see this kind of two paths that are laid out. And our passage really does it clearly. Path number one is the way of the foolish, the way of the wicked, the way of sin. Path number two is the way of the wise. So as you see these contrasts in the book of Proverbs, you're going to see option A, option B. And that actually uh, sometimes shows up in other parts of the scriptures as well. The way of the dragon, the way of the lamb. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 10 through 17 says this. says, listen my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now, if this passage sounds a little familiar, it's because uh, it, it's really similar to Proverbs chapter 3 that we preached the last two weeks. Uh, once again, Solomon is contrasting the way of wisdom and the way of folly. Uh, and he's calling, uh, he's calling the son to walk in God's ways. Uh, and, he's, and he's kind of saying do that by studying God's word. Now, Obviously, we have more scripture, we have more of God's word than he did, right? He was called to, to study and understand the book of Proverbs and any scriptures that were available to him at that time, like the Torah. But we're called to study and understand the whole book, 66 books of the Bible. We get to read the whole thing and to open it and study it. This is one of the reasons we give away Bibles here at Cornerstone. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you'll please take one home. We have some large print Bibles available as well. Now, I've recently learned some basic sign language. Uh, the song, uh, for the song, Jesus Loves Me. I don't know if any of you, does anyone here know the sign language for the song, Jesus Loves Me? Couple people, couple. I see a couple smiles. Yeah, Monica knows it because uh, uh, we've been trying to sing this song to Elijah. And apparently, babies can learn signs before they can really communicate well verbally. And so we're like, well, if we're going to sing him the song, let's teach him the signs, and maybe he'll figure it out. He hasn't done it yet, you know, but I hope that he'll get there one day. Uh, but uh, the sign for Jesus is just this, right? Jesus. And the sign for Bible uh, is your hands come together. Uh, and, well, sign for books. Your hand comes together and then open, right? And so if you want to say Bible, you say pretty much Jesus' 
book, Jesus' Bible. Uh, and so I think that's uh, really cool, right? Because it's, it's Jesus and it's this opening of a book. And I think there's a little lesson in that. For the Bible to have its power, we have to open it. <laughs> we have to be reading it. We have to be studying it and hearing from God. And God has called us to not just do that alone, but in our families, uh, in our church, uh, with a disciple maker in your life, and then opening that book for someone else who you can share God's words and God's ways with. Uh, and there's a reward in this. There's a reward that verses 18 and 19 talk about, and we sort of sing about tonight as well. Uh, Proverbs 18, uh, 4, 18 and 19. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Do not, do, they do not know what makes them stumble. The word stumble appears three times in our passage, uh, and it describes the way of the foolish. Uh, see, the way of the foolish, the way of rejecting God and doing life your own way, you know, it might work out in the short run. And Proverbs is clear about that. You can get ahead. But in the long run, there's only pain. There's only, uh, there's only brokenness away from God. In our next passage, uh, verses 20 through 27, like when we think about wisdom, it's easy to think about like this spiritual, abstract, in the clouds concept. Then our next couple of verses really like remind us that wisdom is something that impacts our real world. It's concrete. It's tangible. It's lived out. It's not an abstract concept. And we see this with all the different like, body parts that, that Solomon mentions in verses 20 through 27. So we're going to read through this last part. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Ear. 21. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for anything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So what we do with our eyes and our ears and our heart and our body and our feet, that impacts our relationship with God, and that impacts whether or not we are living a life of wisdom or not. That's really what it comes down to. And there's a call in here to take these parts of your body and to avoid foolishness, avoid sin, but then also to not just avoid something bad, but to bring in something good, to fill it with something holy. So your ears, okay, I want to protect my ears from gossip. I want to protect my ears from hearing people talking negatively about each other. And so when that happens, I can say, stop, like, I, I don't want to hear it. Okay, so you have successfully shielded <laughs> the negativity. But what about bringing in, filling your ears, filling your mind with something good? Let's say something positive about that person. Let's, let's speak a word of encouragement. Or let's take a moment and let's pray for that person. Let's, let's stop with our ears and then put in the good thing. How about our eyes? Yes, you want to guard your eyes from what you watch, what you see, what TV shows and movies and, and, and channels and, and the things you read and the things you look at. You want to guard your eyes. That's, that's incredibly important. 
But you also want to fill your eyes with good things, with creation and beauty, and entertainment that's good, God-honoring. So that might mean making a different decision with what you do with your evening. Instead of watching television, spending time with family, playing a game. How about your body? I want to protect my body from laziness and gluttony, and there's only one way to do that. CrossFit. (laughs) Just kidding. There are more ways uh, than CrossFit. Um, But it does mean not laying around all day, being diligent, finding ways to use the, the, the things God has gifted you with, the talents and abilities God has gifted you with to be an encouragement to others, to serve others, to be a part of church family, to, to serve your community. How about your mouth and lips? Okay, I want to prevent my own mouth from speaking lies or gossip or untruth. How can I be speaking grace, truth, encouragement? Who can I speak an encouraging word to today? Maybe think about that. Who can you encourage even tonight? Say something positive to them about who they are. Affirm them. We don't encourage each other enough. Who can you encourage? How about your feet? How about instead of not walking walking yourself into a tempting situation, walking yourself to a place that you can be serving God or, or taking someone a meal or sharing the gospel? So one of the ways that I have done this in my own life is uh, sometimes I can buy stuff when I'm stressed. So I said, July, it's going to be like a break. It's going to be a fast. I'm not going to go to some of these places like Lowe's. I really enjoy going. So I haven't been there. It's been hard. But I've done other good things instead. And uh, so that's just a personal uh, story. I heart. <laughs> My heart is really what it all comes down to, right? Uh, It says uh, at the end of chapter four, uh, keep them within your heart. Above all else, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So your eyes, your ears, your your gaze, your feet, like they're, it's, it's all connected to your heart. It's all about what you're putting into the, the deepest uh, recesses of who you are. You don't want to just keep out bad things. You want to put good things in. You want to put God's ways in, God's word in, and live a life according to that. Now, if you walk out of here tonight and you hear, okay, I got to go out, I got to try harder, <laughs> I got to do these things, I got to read my Bible, I got to do all these different things. That's not necessarily wrong. We do want you to walk out and do these things. But we got to do it realizing that we can only do it if at the deepest recesses of our heart, (laughs) there's a king, and his name is Christ. And he is filling you up, and he is ruling, and he is reigning. And he is beginning to mold, like, the decisions you make and the things you say and the things you do. See, we we need God, we need the Holy Spirit present in our heart to change us, to begin to transform us from the inside out. The only reason we can have the Holy Spirit, the only reason we can have a king uh, different than ourselves reigning there is because of Christ. (laughs) Because of Christ Jesus and what he came to do. Christ Jesus, he laid down his ears. (laughs) He laid down his eyes. He laid down his body, his mouth, his feet. They were pierced. His heart for us, that was pierced too. He offered his whole being as exchange for you and me. 
His body for ours. His righteousness for my unrighteousness. His holiness for my wickedness. His goodness for my sin. And now if you repent and say, I'm sorry, God. I trust in Christ. God gives you that. This is what the gospel message is. I can't do it. I'm sinful. I'm broken. But Christ has done it. It is finished through Christ. And so then Christ comes into our life and begins to change us. And it's the fruit of that in our lives that we can begin to live a wise life and share and, and pour into the next generation. And one of the practical, tangible things God does is not only does he give us a transformed heart that can live a life of wisdom, but he gives us disciple makers. He gives us a spiritual father or a spiritual mother who can say, okay, this is what it looks like. You're receiving God's grace, and now you're walking in that change. And you did a great job here, and here not so much. Let's just keep going. Let's get back on the right track. Let's keep following Christ. This is a journey. This isn't just a destination. We need spiritual fathers. We need spiritual parents. We need spiritual mothers to help us find the way of wisdom. I've had several mentors or spiritual fathers in my own life, um, uh, and maybe even a, a few spiritual mothers. Uh, and in the last couple of years, I've had different like mentors and coaches, and it's always taken time to get together with them. I've either had to drive to them, or they've driven to me, or we've done like Skype. But it's always been worth it to make that time. I think time is always what it comes down to. I don't have the time for that. It's always been worth it. God can use someone uh, who is mature in their faith and mature in their walk to bring you a little bit further, and it can transform your life. Andrew Davies is one of the first people I ever remember, if not the first person I ever remember saying, hey, have you ever thought about going to seminary? Have you ever thought about becoming a pastor? I felt really good to hear that from him. I needed a mentor. I needed a spiritual father in my life to say that to me. What does God need to say to you? What does God want to use like the, the lips of someone else to speak encouragement into your life that might change you? We all need a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to help us find the way of wisdom. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for the collective wisdom in this room. So many people that love you and that know you and want to pour into others. Lord, I, I, I pray that we would become a disciple-making church, that we would be just sharing God's word with each other and growing in God's wisdom, what it means to understand God's word and follow God's ways. Lord, thank you that Solomon wrote these words and that he put them down and and there's this beautiful example of like a multi-generational discipleship. Uh, that's beautiful, Lord. Uh, thank you for revealing that to us here tonight. Uh, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.